You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. Real Presence Live this morning, part of the Diocese of Duluth today. We are located at uh, St. St. Martin's Church in Tower. And uh, joining us is Father Nick Nelson. Good morning again, Father. A Good great, morning. A great first half of our show this morning here from Tower. And uh, as we continue now, this is uh, such an importance in our Catholic faith, the source and summit of our faith. Yes, and, you know, the feast day, um, this Sunday that most of us will be celebrating this Sunday is the Feast of Corpus Christi, the Corpus Body Christi of Christ, so the Body of Christ. And so um, I thought it would be worthwhile to um, talk about uh, the Body and Blood of Christ and the Eucharist, in particular in a way that I think is sometimes um, not understood or um, maybe ignored a little bit. It, uh, one, we always talk about the Eucharist as sacrament, but sometimes we forget about the Eucharist as sacrifice, and it's essential to understand our understanding of uh, the wholeness of what the Eucharist truly is. Yeah. So let's start there, sacrifice and sacrament. Okay. Let's start with sacrifice. Yeah. And what, as, as Catholics, what that means to us. Yeah, so in Second Vatican Council, Sacrosanctum Concilium, paragraph 10, it talks about the source and summit of our faith. And uh, most of us think that what that's referring to is just the Eucharist itself, just like the, the host, you know, that's the source and summit. But in fact, it's the, the whole liturgy um, is what... Um, we can translate as, nonetheless, the liturgy is the summit to which the church's action strives, and likewise, the source from which it power, its power arises. Okay, So it's the liturgy, it's the action, it's the, the sacrifice that is the source and summit. And so we can talk about the Eucharist as uh, the, the sacrifice and not just the sacrament. From the beginning of time, um, we've had, peoples have tried to relate, communicate, have a relationship with God, with their creator. Um, we can look at religion. We, call it a, uh, we can call it a natural virtue. St. Thomas Aquinas, sometimes we think religion, oh, you know, some person will say, oh, I'm not religious. And they, they might say, mean, they don't have, they don't have faith as, as we think of it. But um, any virtuous, even person on a natural level needs to be religious, Religion is a natural virtue, and it just means that um, we desire to give to our Creator what is due. And so you could be religious even without knowing anything about Jesus Christ. Now Jesus Christ brings the fullness of revelation and what that virtue of religion entails. But uh, people were religious from the beginning of time, and sometimes in quite horrific ways, you know, in their sacrifices, they didn't just sacrifice bulls and goats and sheep and and oxen, but they sacrificed even humans. But what that represents, at least, is this idea of giving to God what is owed him, you know, sensing that God is the creator of life and death. He's the author of that, and therefore I need to give to him um, that. And so it's, it's a natural virtue 
of religion to give God his due. It's an act of justice. We owe it to God. And oftentimes, like I mentioned, this this act of uh, justice towards God is what we call sacrifice, and that involves an immolation of a victim, you know, a, the death of a of a of an animal in that way. Yeah. So as we refer to liturgy, mm-hmm. it's more than just the scriptures. It's yeah. our lifestyle. It's our wholeness. It's our one. It's our walk. It's it's everything. It, it's all encompassing. Yeah, especially well. Yes, insofar as the, uh, the our, our worship is. Um, and the liturgy is what um, in how we worship God. And yes, it's played out in our life. You know, we have the liturgical calendar. We had Amy and she was talking about Christmas and stuff. So the liturgy is meant to be, uh, we can look at the liturgy as the incult- inculturation of the gospel. It's the way we experience the gospel. But especially, yeah, when it comes, comes to Mass. And so the Eucharist as a, as a sacrifice. And we see this as, you know, from the time of uh, Jesus walking on earth is... What does John the Baptist say? He points to Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. It's quite remarkable. It's like, you know, John the Baptist saying, someone saying, Behold the pig of God. Behold the cat. Like, why pointing at a man and saying he's an animal? Well, the Passover lamb, right? The Passover lamb was sacrificed um, for for Israel so that the, the angel of death would pass over the homes of the Israelites, and then um, Pharaoh would let them go. And so Jesus is the ultimate um, Passover, the ultimate sacrificial lamb. Um, and this was this was what Jesus did. He came, uh, I think it was Scott Hahn who said, like, Jesus was the only one who, you know, came to life to die. <laughs> you know, that was his main purpose, is to give his life for us. And so uh, what we see in the Mass is it's a representation of that sacrifice that we don't just say, okay, Jesus, you died, and that was great, and thank you for that. But uh, he has actually given us a way to make that present, to to offer uh, that sacrifice over and over again. Um, the Mass was prophesied 400 years even before for Jesus Christ. A lot of times... Again, our non-Catholic brothers and sisters will talk about, again, Jesus suffered and died. There's no need for any more sacrifices once and for all. Yes, once and for all. But we, again, as creatures, we need to uh, have something to give to God. We, it's, we need to, to fulfill our nature. We need to offer God sacrifice. And so the prophet of Malachi this is in the, the first chapter of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, verse 11. He says, For the, from the rising of the sun, even to the going down, my name is great among the Gentiles, the non-Jews. And in every place there is a sacrifice, and there is offered to my name a clean oblation. For my name is great among the Gentiles, says the Lord of hosts. So the prophet Malachi God speaking to the prophet foresees this time when there will be a sacrifice offered not just by Jewish people, but all the peoples of the world. And the church has always seen that as the mass, that Jesus sacrifices himself. But at that last supper, right, he says, take and eat, do this in memory of me. This is my blood shed, poured out for you. Do this in memory of me. He gives us a way to 
make and perpetuate, make present and perpetuate his once and for all sacrifice that he would make the following day on Calvary. Uh, that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. The Mass, the Eucharist as, as a sacrifice. So the sacrifice as the Eucharist, or the Eucharist as a sacrifice, is like the whole picture from the beginning to the end. It all encompasses our life as Catholics, is what we believe in. Yeah, it's, it's, why, it's why we uh, go to Mass on the Lord's Day on, on Sunday, reminded of those early Christians and the persecution of Diocletian. They were arrested and they were asking, you know, hey, why are you guys doing this? You're not supposed to do this. You know, this is forbidden. And the emeritus is his name. He was the owner of the house uh, that allowed this gathering. And they said to him, you know this is forbidden. Why do you allow these people here? And he says, sine dominico non possimus. Without the day of the Lord, without the things of the Lord, we cannot be. This gives our life meaning because the passion, death, and resurrection of Christ gives us meaning. That we, we, have, to, we have to do this. We have to celebrate this. We have to offer this sacrifice. This is what gives us meaning. This is what gives us hope. This is what um, allows us to love God. And so at the Mass, we do that. We say it's the the same sacrifice. And the only difference is that it's unbloody, okay? We don't see any blood on the altar, all right? And on the cross, it was Jesus who did it all by himself. Whereas at the Mass, Jesus unites the whole mystical body, the whole body of Christ with him. And so we can, we can look at the Mass, we say it's the same sacrifice except for it's unbloody. It's under the appearance of, of um, bread and wine. So it's a living sacrifice. It's Jesus present, alive. We don't kill Jesus again. And we offer Jesus present on our altar to God the Father. So it's unbloody. And again, this is what I try to stress to all my people so much, is that they're priests at Mass. Everyone who was baptized. After, after you were baptized, you were anointed with chrism because you enter, you participate in the office, the prophetic office, the kingly office of Jesus Christ. And so everyone at Mass is priests. They're not there just watching the priest, Father Nick. No, we're all the body of Christ united through the ministerial priest, offering the sacrifice to God. We are offering the living Christ to God the Father. And how we, how we emphasize that or express that at the Mass is through what, the double consecration. You know, a lot of times we'll say, okay, people think we have the bread and we have the wine and we do both of that so that we can have a full meal, something to eat and something to drink. And that's really not the, the case. The reason why there's a double consecration is to symbolize the death of Christ, okay? That you have the separation, the separation of the blood from the flesh. That's what death is, separation of blood from flesh. So we first consecrate the bread into the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. But then we consecrate as well the wine into what we, we narrowly can call the blood of Christ. And so that symbolic double consecration symbolizes the death of, of Christ. Obviously, we're not killing him again, but that's why we have that double consecration to, to express the fact that there is a sacrifice happening here. To symbolize that sacrifice. Yeah. And make present, yeah. My mind is just exploding here with thoughts and, okay. and, and ponders. And you mentioned this earlier about John the Baptist calling Jesus out in the very beginning. Can you imagine if you were there and 
the start of that sacrifice and, and knowing, or maybe not knowing, you know, um, of that forthcoming. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And um, he's, in his graciousness, his goodness, in that sacrifice that took all of him, his death, everything, you know, we, we meditate upon the agony in the garden and he sweat blood because of all the, he experienced the guilt of all the sins ever to be to that time. Um, and he also is so good that he allows us to offer that sacrifice that he, <laughs> that he did, that he did all the work for. And uh, after the break, I have a great image of um, the Mass and how we participate in, I think, an analogy that I think um, a lot of people would, would appreciate when we come back. I can share that. Awesome. We are speaking with Father Nick Nelson, and this is Real Presence Live. We are coming to you this morning, part of the Diocese of Duluth. We are located at St. Martin's Church in Tower, Minnesota, on the shores of beautiful Lake Vermilion here in northeastern Minnesota. And our uh, segment today is the Eucharist is both the sacrifice and the sacrament. When we come back, we'll be talking with more from Father Nick Nelson on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. I kind of stumbled into the Catholic radio uh, when it came here to Bemidji. You know, you're driving around, you hit the scan on the thing, and, and it pops up, and you're like, oh, that's, that's different, that's interesting. And, you know, the next thing you know, you're listening to Catholic radio all the time. It, uh, you know, you pick it up in the morning, coming, coming in, you're listening to, to uh, the Sunrise Morning Show and Morning Glory, and, and then you get out with, with my job. I'm a forester here in the county, and... And so I travel about a lot, getting to different areas to do forestry work. So off and on through the day, you're traveling, you can pull it up, and, and you can listen to Women of Grace or, or Dr. Ray. He's just a hoot. I love listening to him. Uh, called to communion with Dr. David Anders. I listen to him. He is like an encyclopedia of knowledge. You could listen to him all day, I think. It answers so many questions about the faith that you didn't even know you had. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. 
And welcome back. Real Presence live this morning from St. Martin's Church in Tower, Minnesota, on the shores of beautiful Lake Vermilion, part of the Diocese of Duluth. Mark Cheney, I am your host this morning, and I am joined by Father Nick Nelson. Uh, Father, we, we've talked a little bit about our, our, our show today. Uh, Eucharist is the sacrifice and the uh, sacrament. You have a, a huge area here. You have the uh, church in Orr, the church in Cook, and the church here in Tower. Um, tell us a little, before we get back into yeah. our, our segment, a little bit about those three parishes. Yeah, they're um, relatively small. Um, I think a total of maybe 350 households. We get a lot of people in the summer, which is nice. Um, you know, they come up to go camping or there are cabins or resorts. And so this time of year is beautiful. It's the the best time of the year to be up here and be pastor of three small parishes with uh, people who are, are very faithful and, and love Jesus and love his church. I have to give a big shout out to St. Mary's because that's my home base. That's uh, the church I grew up in. And uh, my uh, my mom still attends there. And uh, just a, a fabul- fabulous congregation. Really is warm yeah. and it's it's so nice to come home and visit and, and be be back there. Yeah, I'm very blessed. Very blessed. So our show this morning, we have we have more of a show coming up here in the next hour. Father James Goodwin of the Diocese of Fargo will be joining us. But we have been talking about the Eucharist is both the sacrifice and the sacrament. Yeah, so um, it's something that I just have a passion about. It's truly understanding the sacraments, but especially uh, the Eucharist, which is, which is Jesus himself. And uh, just speaking more about the Eucharist as a sacrifice, and it's important. Fulton J. Sheen said that it has to be a sacrifice before it can be a sacrament. And what he, he said, what he meant by that is, think of anything you eat. <laughs> it has to be killed before you eat it, right? Mm-hmm. Think of any animal. <laughs> you have to kill the cow before you can have the steak. Um, and so there needs to be a sacrifice before you have the sacrament. And so even with um, Mass, uh, we have the, the sacrifice, the offering of the living Christ, God, Jesus, who's resurrected, seated at the right hand of the Father. He miraculously makes himself present on the altar. And under the appearance of bread and wine, we offer uh, to God that, that sacrifice. And then, because that sacrifice takes place, then we're able to, then to commune and have the Eucharist as a sacrament. But it has to be a sacrifice first. And this sacrifice the, the church has always said, is actually, the fancy word is uh, propitiatory, propitiatory, meaning it atones for, it reconciles, it's effective, okay? Um, so what you do on Sundays isn't just a symbol, it isn't just, you know, praise and thanksgiving to God, it actually is a propitiatory sacrifice. Just as the sacrifices um, of the Old Testament, we called were propitiatory, okay? They atone for sins. The sacrifice of the Mass, because it's the most powerful sacrifice, Jesus is on the cross, is propitiatory as well. Um, so Luther rejected that. Luther rejected that the Mass was propitiatory. Um, but especially the Council of Trent following Luther and responding to uh, the, the, the revolutionaries, such as himself and Zwingli and Calvin, um, says, no, the Mass is propitiatory. And the way to look at this, I like to use, is Christmas at the Nelson House when I was growing up. So at the Nelson House growing up, I was the oldest, and my sister Melissa is a year younger than me, and the rest of the kids were, you know, within 11 years. And so Melissa and I, we'd get our money 
together and we'd go to the store. And uh, we'd get our parents a nice Christmas gift. We'd buy it, we'd get a card, and we'd come home and we'd wrap the gift ourselves. And then what we'd do, we'd take the card, we'd sign it, but then we'd get my brother and my younger sisters to sign it as well. Even little Rosie, little Rosemary, get her to sign the card. You know, get her to scribble her hand and sign the card. And so that night at Christmas, we gave the present and the card to um, mom and dad. And they opened it up and they were so grateful that they got that gift. But they didn't just go over to Melissa and myself and say, oh, thank you guys for, you know, the nice gift. No, they said thank you to all the kids, all of us, for that gift. And that's like the mass. Like Jesus does the hard work, <laughs> literally, um, dies for us on the cross. But with the mass, in a sense, we get to offer that with him and we get credit for it, even though we didn't really do any of the work. And so uh, the mass is like Christmas at the Nelsons. And so Jesus, the same sacrifice, except for it's unbloody. Jesus isn't being killed again. There's no blood on the altar. And two, he unites the whole mystical body with himself. On the cross, it was just himself. But at the Mass, he unites all of us, all those who have been baptized into that. Um, and so the, the Church will even say that the Eucharist as sacrifice and Eucharist as sacrament is so um, important that, one, the priest has to receive communion from what was consecrated there. You'll never see a priest go to the tabernacle and um, consume the host from that we're consecrated at a different Mass. It has to be from that Mass, for that to be a valid Mass. But the Church also would like all the faithful to actually receive the hosts that are consecrated at that Mass and not just from a previous Mass. Okay? From the, the general instruction of the Roman Missal, it says, quote, It is most desirable that the faithful, just as the priest himself is bound to do, receive the Lord's body from the host consecrated at the same Mass. So... Um, that's important with the connection with sacrifice and sacrament. And then just one follow, I think, thing that's very relative, I pointed this last week in my homily to the people, is that um, most dioceses were not singing, <laughs> were not, or no congregational singing. And so um, we had Amy here, and she's singing at Mass the antiphons, so people can prayerfully meditate. But the congregation isn't singing. And uh, we might say, oh, that really stinks. We're not able to praise God, da-da-da. Uh, and there is something missing. There is something missing that we aren't able to, to sing. You know, singing better expresses, so to speak, the, the mystery, the, the transcendence, the majesty of God. But the essential nature of the Mass, uh, what we do at Mass, why we go to church on Sunday, is not being missed by not singing. Because what essentially is happening is a sacrifice. And what matters most is not the people singing everything. It's not the people, everyone being an usher or lector or extraordinary minister of Holy Communion or doing stuff. Um, what matters is all of us intentionally, consciously make an act of the will to unite ourselves with the priest and offer the sacrifice. That's what essentially is happening at Mass. And so uh, it's, I think it's a great teachable moment that, you know, yes, it's, it stinks for now that we can't, we can't sing. We're not, you know, congregational singing. I, my people know I love that, you know, to do the chant parts, you know, the Lord be with you and with your spirit. But we're not missing something essentially. What matters is us uniting ourselves with the priest as a priest, but also the priest as victim, offering ourselves in that moment. And so that's so important. Remember why we go to Mass. It's not to get anything out of us. It's not to hear a good message. It's not just to receive communion. 
It's to offer the sacrifice of the Son to the Father in the Holy Spirit. That's what the, is essential about the Mass. And so by going to Mass to people, what you do is you glorify God by intentionally offering that. And through that, God is so good. He great, he's so gracious that he blesses us. He sanctifies. He makes us holy through our offering of ourselves and the offering of Christ. But that's what Mass is. It's that intentional self-offering united with uh, Christ on that, the altar. That sacrifice, that, sa- that sacrament, all yeah. completes the Mass. Yeah. I, I think it's just so incredible this is going to segue into our next segment this morning in yeah. the next hour here as we get uh, we get into a subject about annulments and divorce mm-hmm. and uh, you know for those those individuals like myself that you lack that mm-hmm. um, part of the mass because we can't participate yeah. we we're not ready yeah. for that sacrament we're yeah. not uh, we're not yeah. able to accept it at this point but yet still attend and still exactly. you know still uh, have a, a, a faithful heart, but still be driven to want yep. and desire. Yep. So there's, you know, you'll notice people who know the precepts of the church. We're obligated to go to mass every Sunday. We're not obligated to receive holy communion. Yes. So we're obligated to, yeah, to offer that mass. And for for people who, for whatever reason, are unable to receive holy communion, maybe they just ate a pizza coming into mass, so they haven't fasted for an hour. Whatever reason. Um, they're still being able to offer that Mass and participate in the most fundamental way. Uh, and we pray that there can be, at some point, you know, the opportunity to receive Holy Communion. Um, and so maybe quickly, um, since you mentioned that, Mark, I think a, a little, just briefly talk about, <laughs> I spent most of the time yes, on yes, Eucharist yes, and yes, sacrifice. Let, let, let's get into talk the about, sacrament yeah. <laughs> you know, as we're running out of time here quickly. Yeah, and that's to realize that the Eucharist is the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ that the, sac- the, the Eucharist symbolizes, but also is, it's a sign and reality, okay, of Jesus present there. We call that transubstantiation, that through the consecration, the bread actually does become the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. The, the wine actually becomes the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. And therefore, we call that Holy Communion, when we receive Jesus, we actually have communion with him in the most profound way, this side of heaven. And so um, the great analogy of that, Mark, as you kind of maybe hinting at, is that um, it's like the marital act, but in a non-sexual way to receive Holy Communion. That's how profound it is. And for us to have receive Holy Communion, have, really, have it truly be what it's supposed to be, a holy act, a good act, we have to be in full communion with Part of that intimacy with Jesus Christ. With yeah. Jesus Christ. We have to be in full communion with Jesus, uh, with his church, for it truly to be a holy act. Otherwise, it's a lie. We're saying something with our bodies that isn't true. Um, so we could say, we could go forever or more with that analogy with of marriage and holy communion because it, it goes well, but... Um, we'll leave it at that for today. But Eucharist is sacrifice and sacrament, especially the Corpus Christi Sunday. Uh, Catholics, get to Mass if you can this Sunday and truly give thanks to God uh, for the great sacrament. The Eucharist is both the sacrifice and the sacrament. This is Real Presence Live. There is more to come of our show as we enter into our next hour. Coming up next, we'll be talking about divorce and annulments and clear up some misconceptions surrounding these with Father James Goodwin of the Diocese of Duluth, who is up next as uh, Real Presence Live continues. Mark Cheney along with Father Nick Nelson this morning on Real Presence Live. 